Welcome back to PS Editor's Podcast. I'm Winnie Rana, Associate Editor at Project Syndicate, and I'm here with Managing Editor Jonathan Stein. Today, we're going to take a look at the ongoing crisis in Venezuela, and in particular, Ricardo Hausman's recent PS piece. Uh, Hausman is a former Minister of Planning of Venezuela, and now he directs the Center for International Development at Harvard. Um, his recent article focuses on bond purchases, and basically how bond purchases are propping up the Venezuelan government as it commits these you know, terrible human rights abuses and it's you know, faced with um, protests you know, on the a daily basis. Is, the, the human rights abuses uh, you know, are in part, and I think this is Hausman's point, uh, are, are uh, a result of having to service these bonds. Now, Venezuela got into a lot of trouble because you know, they've had this populist government in power for you know, much of the 2000s, first under uh, Hugo Chavez and, uh, Chavez and now, uh, and now uh, Nicolas uh, Maduro. Maduro. Uh, and, uh, and Maduro has really, really clamped down and had to because uh, since 2014, Venezuela's primary source, I mean, by far, uh, its, its major source of revenue is oil, uh, the, the world prices have collapsed, and, and uh, the, the, the Chavez uh, government, or this, I, this uh, populist sort of ideology, Chavismo, was based on basically redistributing oil revenues rather than um, diversification. Uh, for one yeah, thing. diversifying, <laughs> the, investing in diversification, and 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 even investing in. Uh, PDVSA, the, the, the state oil company. Um, you know, I think Venezuela, they believed that, uh, Chavez and Maduro believed that this was basically the goose that laid the golden egg. Uh, Venezuela has the largest proven oil reserves in the world, larger than, than Saudi Arabia. And they figured that this was, this was just going to go on uh, uh, indefinitely. And when oil prices collapsed, they were really caught out, very um, highly indebted, and, uh, uh, and they've continued to service that debt. Yeah, and the economy, just to give a couple of terrifying statistics. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> the economy has shrunk by 27% since 2013, so it's pretty clear the impact. And this year, uh, the inflation rate is expected to be 720%. Now that's, and that's a result of cutting, of basically limiting imports of essential goods, including foods like and medicine. medicines, yeah. right? Which then drives those prices up. That's why you get the, the uh, you know, you get massive shortages and, 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 uh, and sky high uh, inflation. And this has led to, I think there was some statistic you had about, uh, about weight loss, 75% oh of... Venezuelans have lost 19 pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's about, what, eight and a half kilos for, for those of you metric uh, people. Yeah, and one third of Venezuela's people uh, are eating no more than two meals a day. Yeah. So this is a this is a pretty serious um, impact. You know, and constant and constant riots now. Something like the the government support is down to twenty percent. Uh, the opposition, which is in control of the of the National Assembly of the par of the Parliament, has basically. Uh, you know, been rendered uh, rendered um, helpless. Uh, there's 
by state repression. I mean, there have been lots of protests, many, many people killed, uh, National Guardsmen running over protesters in, in, in armored cars. So, so, so this is the question. Why is the Venezuelan government so insistent on servicing its debt? at the expense of uh, its own people, you know, people starving and rioting. Uh, you, you know, why are, they, why are they continuing to service And why the are debt? people continuing to, I mean, I guess it's clear why, why people are continuing to purchase bonds. Uh, Goldman Sachs just recently bought $2.8 in Venezuelan bonds, yeah. um, which, of course, contributes to propping up the government. Um, Goldman Sachs, you know, I guess the motivation is pretty clear. They... Uh, assume that they could more than double the value of this debt um, when the government does change over. Um, but, you know, as Hausman talks about, we've also got Venezuela being included on J.P. Morgan's Emerging Market Bond Index, which um, similarly, if not as directly, um, is also, you know, people purchasing Venezuelan bonds. You know, Hausman points out, you know, a it, it's just sort of a fundamental, you know, uh, um, dilemma uh, or contradiction, if you, if you want to be Marxist about it, in capitalism that, you know, if you're doing well, you may not be doing good. In fact, you may be doing harm. And this is a situation, Hausman points out, where J.P. Morgan has this emerging markets bond index that includes Venezuela. And Venezuela accounts for most of the, it's a, a, a disproportionate uh, part of that index is accounted, uh, you know, of the gains in the index and the volatility. It's 5% uh, of the index, 20% right. of its yield. Right. And, and much of its volatility, much of the price movement mm -hmm. is, is, is driven by, um, by Venezuela. From, from the standpoint of bond, hold, bond owners, bond buyers, investors, Goldman Sachs, the logic is clear. You're basically betting that, okay, there's, there's a very high default risk, so these bonds are paying a tremendous yield, mm -hmm. right? At the same time, the government looks completely determined to service its debt. Mm -hmm. So when they cut imports and starve their people, you're, that, that's a good sign for you as an investor. Mm -hmm. That means that you're going to get paid. There's going to be more money to service your bonds. Mm -hmm. um, and what Hausman is proposing is that, uh, is that Venezuela simply be removed, that J.P. Morgan remove Venezuela uh, from the Emerging Markets Bond Index, and that you set up some kind of a, another index that includes only emerging market countries that basically pay you know, attention to uh, you know, human rights and are, and are, are minimally uh, decent to their, uh, to their own people. And in fact, you know, you mentioned Goldman Sachs. There's a, the opposition leader in Venezuela has said, look, you know, Goldman Sachs is propping up the government. We're not, if, when we get into power, we're not going to do business with, uh, with Goldman Sachs as a result. It's not simply a moral issue. It's a business issue. Yeah, and it's it's been called a, a grave reputational error. A grave reputational. But error. you know, since the financial crisis, we've learned exactly how much you know reputation. Yeah, and you know, and my my you know, and my to which my question is, who can avoid doing business with Goldman Sachs? Nobody. Everybody does business. They have one point four trillion dollars in assets under management, you know, uh, 44 billion in, uh, in emerging market bonds. They're, they're, they're not going anywhere. Anybody's going to have to do business with them directly or, uh, or indirectly. And more broadly, the, the, you know, the, 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 the question is, Hausman seems to want to introduce this moral um, uh, uh, dimension 
uh, to financial market behavior, but this has been going on for as as yeah as long as there's been you know uh, have, there have been emerging markets with access to uh, to international capital markets. Uh, countries get into trouble, and they have to cut imports in order to service their debt. Uh, and investors place a lot of pressure on them to do that. Food riots break out, and investors expect those, those food riots to be uh, repressed, even at the cost of human life. This has happened constantly. Um, and you know, now that it's happening in Venezuela, a country that Hausman obviously cares, uh, cares uh, very deeply about, uh, uh, he's giving it the this, this issue the attention uh, that it deserves. And his piece has, in fact, um, uh, been picked up quite widely uh, uh, in the financial press. A lot of people um, have noticed because it's very difficult not to notice the crisis in Venezuela and the direct link with, um, uh, with, with bonds and bondholders. And the really, really disturbing part about this, what makes Venezuela different, and, and uh, you know, Hausman didn't mention it in the piece, but, uh, but it fits very, perf very perfectly, is you know, there, there are a couple of reasons why the Venezuelan government is insisting on not defaulting, not restructuring its debt and using that money to serve the needs of its people. One is that it's very concerned that PDVSA, the, the state oil company, will lose access to international, uh, international capital markets. And that, and that if there's a default and they're fighting bondholders, Venezuela uh, may lose some of those state-owned assets. Mm -hmm. But the second reason is that senior government officials actually own Venezuelan bonds. Okay. Now this is some this is very, very unusual. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but that gives them a direct incentive to call out the tanks and the troops on their own people because they're gonna get paid if they do that. They will, you know, they they're paying themselves. I mean this Well they'll is, get paid and they'll stay in power right. longer. So there's there's really no downside in there from their perspective, it seems. Right. Um, so I think that I think that we should probably uh, um, uh, wrap up. Uh, you know, it, 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 it remains to be seen what will happen here, how bad the situation will become. I don't know about you, Whitney, but I'm not particularly optimistic that suddenly, uh, you know, <laughs> J.P. Morgan is going to say, you know what, this is right. We really can't. We have to leave those 20, 30 percent yields on the table. And care about uh, you know Venezuelan lives. That's not the way financial markets um, operate. They're completely uh, they're completely amoral. And um, you know if we're if we're going to uh, to go that route, it it would seem we would have to redesign uh, you know the structure of the international financial system rather than appealing to uh, the morality of um, of investors whose job is to maximize yield and in every other context, that's the job that boosters of global capitalism praise, right? That they're doing their job. They're maximizing yield, adhering to and fulfilling the, their fiduciary obligations to, uh, uh, to investors. Uh, how that's going to change in this, in this case, um, I have to say, leaves me a little bit mystified. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We've seen since the global financial crisis that was supposed to be the big moment when there was going to be all of this financial system reform, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, none of that happened. Right. 
And so the idea that this crisis in Venezuela is going to be the catalyst for such a change seems pretty far-fetched. That's actually, to, to close, that's really an excellent point because that could have actually just reinforced the lesson. The, the real winners from the financial crisis were all, were all of the, the Wall Street bankers yeah, who, got, who, got, who, got, who got bailed out. I mean, it was, it was Goldman Sachs, it was JP Morgan. Those guys you know, did very well, and we've got, we've got uh, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, the stock market at record highs now. Yeah, and it's not just the same system, it is in many cases the same people. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up. I'm Jonathan Stein, uh, Managing Editor. And I'm Whitney Arana, Associate Editor at PS. Please subscribe to our podcasts and rate and review, and you'll hear from us again next week.